Hello and welcome into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Thank you for watching us on the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel and Red Voice Media, and for listening on New Hampshire Family Radio, WLMW 90.7 FM, Manchester, New Hampshire, KKVV Radio in Las Vegas, Real Talk 93.3, The Voice of Freedom in St. Louis, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like us on your station, email us at Taryn at WeThePatriotsUSA.org. Our hearts and prayers are still with the people in Hawaii and Maui as you know they are overcoming the tragic fires or whatever it was that happened there in Maui. And so today we are going to talk about this on a level that maybe you haven't heard if you were just watching the mainstream media. We always want people to faithfully pursue freedom. And that involves being skeptical, asking questions. As a trained journalist, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, asking questions, making sure that we are seeking the truth and, um, you know, not trying to jump to conclusions. But again, having a skeptical mind is all a a part of um, being free people here in America. And so I'm excited to bring to you Shelby Thompson, who is the founder of Injected. She was on Faithful Freedom just a few weeks ago talking about her company, Injected which is a dating site for those that are not vaccinated and um, also teaming up with the wellness company in various ways that her and her company are helping people faithfully pursue freedom. Well, Shelby also happens to be um, in Maui. That is where they are headquartered. And so she has been doing some phenomenal work of really showing what is actually happening on the ground in Maui through the injected social media sites, asking questions. And I think many people are asking questions questions out there on social media if you're following the right people. And I myself immediately, as someone who has been in news and in local news, regional, national news for much of my career, I immediately had some red flags going up because I thought it was strange that none of the reporters were there on site every single time. Even as a viewer, remember, go back into your mind whenever you see a natural disaster happening, right? You make fun of the weather people that are in the middle of the hurricane cane, um, you know, just barely hanging on to the trees and not getting blown away. It is, it brings tears and emotions to you when you're watching the news and a reporter is walking through the rubble after a tornado has just wiped out um, a whole town. I have been on site as a reporter. You immediately go in and you report. I also am well connected in with different people in the Christian community that are immediate disaster relief personnel. They go in immediately, usually beating out uh, government organizations and those like FEMA and the Red Cross because they are boots on the ground. They are able to mobilize much quicker than these government entities. All of these things did not occur in Maui. We saw, you know, reporters across the water giving reports and not even being there on the ground. We know that uh, these disaster relief organizations were blocked from going in immediately. All of these should start to raise questions for you. And so here we're going to give you an eyewitness and firsthand account today on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson of what really went down and the questions people themselves on Maui are asking here today, but let's hear from our sponsors first. This episode is brought to you by Cardio Miracle, a vitamin D and nitric oxide solution that supports better cardiovascular and overall health for your gut, your brain, your muscles, your skin, your hair, your heart. 
your whole health. Learn about John Hewlett's discovery at cardiomiracle.com. This episode is brought to you by The Carnivore Bar, providing a fuel source for ancestral carnivore, paleo, and keto eaters who value their on-the-go autonomy without sacrificing quality nutrition. Visit carnivorebar.com for more information. This episode is brought to you by The Freedom People, providing comprehensive solutions for individuals and businesses to take control and protect their freedoms. Visit thefreedompeople.org to reclaim your freedoms. Where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives, asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers, educating ourselves and forging a new path forward. Hear from real people faithfully pursuing freedom. This is Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. Shelby, thank you so much for coming back on the show. First, we just want to, you know, extend our prayers to all of you in Maui and ask how you're doing personally. Aloha, Taryn. Thank you so much for having me and helping us get the word out on our little island. Um, I'm I'm so blessed to say, thankfully, my family is safe. Uh, you know, my mom actually barely escaped Lahaina that day, so that was truly shocking. Uh, but you know, I'm just I'm so fortunate that um, we're all okay. Good. That's so good to hear. And, you know, I've been so grateful for your firsthand accounts um, there on the ground. I think it's so valuable. We see a lot of people um, sharing various information and questions that they're raising on social media, which is all great. We should have that free discourse, but it's very key to have people on the ground with firsthand accounts. So take us back a couple of weeks um, to is particularly your mom's story on how we, she just barely escaped um, being burned alive, really saying it bluntly, um, how she just barely escaped and everything that went down that you know of um, at that point in time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have a lot to say about what I've, you know, witnessed over the past few weeks. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to poise a lot of questions that maybe listeners today haven't thought of, uh, you know, because truly, you know, something that you had just said about, you know, reporters and, you know, things, this is, this is running so deep. Um, but, you know, the day of, of the fire. So I, I myself, I'm, uh, I'm not born on Maui, but I've lived here for 10 years and uh, as well as my mom. And when we actually first came here, we we landed in Lahaina. And so I lived off of Front Street. I've worked off of Front Street for almost five years um, myself. So I'm very familiar. And she actually still worked there. Uh, so, you know, she would make the drive to the west side every single day. And, you know, many of our friends, um, you know, dear, dear Ohana to us, uh, live there. And you know, that day it was something that was out of the norm when you thought about the the wind that was that was uh, just around the whole island. And, you know, I live on East Maui, uh, which is about 30 miles away from Lahaina. And we were having just enormous gusts of wind up here to the point where there was actually um, even a fire on our side of the island. But from what we're hearing is that 
The morning of the 8th, there was a fire in Lahaina at the top of Lahaina Luna Road, which is one of the main roads in the center of the town. Uh, this is around like 7 in the morning. Uh, they did say it was due to a downed power line. The firefighters came, contained the fire, which so they claimed, and then they actually left to come deal with the fires on my side of the island, um, which one, there's probably our first um, questionable moment is that does go against fire protocols to leave a hot spot uh, in 80 mile an hour winds, uh, regardless of whether it's been contained or not, someone should have been there. Um, they had de-energized the lines in Lahaina due to to the morning and the falling power lines. So there was no power uh, to the city. Uh, when that happens, we also don't get cell service. That's that's super typical. Uh, so phone phone lines were down, uh, power was out. Um, you know, there was enormous winds. Uh, so, you know, people people were not in contact with each other. It was supposed to be the first day of school and they decided to um, keep the children home uh, from school, which I'm definitely gonna get into that more. And so um, essentially children were home, parents were at work. Um, they had apparently sent out a text in the early part of the day to let people know that there was um, you know, potential for fire, um, but that wasn't received uh, because the phone lines were down. It was, um, wasn't until around 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon that I was finally able to get a hold of my mom. And I was seeing reports just on our local like Maui 24-7 Facebook page and just like little news pages that we have here that that there seemed to be something awry. You know, people are reporting smoke on the hillside. There was an abundance of traffic and uh, police blockades. There was uh, power lines falling. And so I, I finally was able to get a hold of her. She was on Wi-Fi. Um, and I said, I think you just really need to get out of Lahaina. This doesn't feel like this doesn't feel right. And um, we'll hear the next part of the story about how your mom does make the escape before everything happens in just a moment on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. We invite you to take part of our in our fourth annual Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon. This is a 24-hour marathon. Do not stop ever uh, talking about the vaccine safety awareness. So you can tune in to our We the Patriots USA Rumble channel, wethepatriotsusa.org, Twitter, and various places to view this 24-hour broadcast. It's going to feature the likes of Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Jack, Dr. Paul Thomas, and so many more wonderful dissenting voices in this arena. So make sure to tune in on September 9th and 10th upcoming here on wethepatriotsusa.org. And we welcome back Shelby Thompson of Unjected, who is um, headquartered in Maui, explaining her story and being, you know, a witness on the ground, raising questions as she should. So many people raising questions about what actually really happened and is still happening in Maui. So Shelby, you're taking us through that day. You warned your mother because things seemed to be awry. You were getting mixed reports about what was happening in Lahaina. You warned her and she was able to get out. How did she escape? Yeah. So essentially when she left work and she works off of Front Street, uh, so she was in the heart of it, she did immediately notice there was a really large smoke plume coming down the mountainside. And this is another point that I'm going to raise right now for you guys is, you know, they claim that these high winds were due to Hurricane Dora. 
Um, this is entirely false. You know, now that we're taking a step back and we're looking at the actual uh, weather um, radar systems, there was no wind in between Dora, which was almost 700 miles away at that point, and Maui to have caused a disturbance, let alone Dora was to the south of us. So if this made any sense, we should have had an abundance of surf as well as uh, trade winds coming in from the ocean side. This wasn't the case. All of the wind was coming from the inland side. It was coming from the mountain side, which is very untypical for this region. So that's just another thing I want to mention to people. Um, but, you know, so she was should have been able to get right out um, onto the highway, which is Route 30 and leads you south onto the other side of the island. And uh, right when she got there, there was a, a downed power line, um, police barricade. Uh, and it was not, there was not a feeling of emergency to the emer uh, first responders. There was not any kind of panic. They were almost just directing people as if it was a parade. Um, they sent her down into Front Street, which was uh, gridlock traffic at this point. Uh, in Lahaina, we have a bypass and then we have Front Street and several like little offshoot roads that lead to these roads. Uh, and there's only one way in, one way out. And there was essentially a blockade or a downed power line or something precarious on every exit. Uh, I actually have seen photo where police are barricading part of the highway where there's actually no obstructions. Um, they were told on camera, we're just doing our jobs. Uh, so seems a little suspect. Um, of course, I'm going to raise the questions that... Uh, you know, why were they acting so out of character? You know, people are saying there was almost a uh, hypnosis-like feeling on the first responders that day that, you know, you couldn't even get their attention. They weren't um, responsive to um, any sort of questions, um, you know, and uh, being injected, uh, I'm going to pose this question towards the vaccine. All of our first responders were mandated, the police and first responders were mandated to get the COVID vaccine in Hawaii. And uh, we know that nanotechnology can modify our behavior remotely. Am I saying that's what happened? I'm not sure. You know, people do have other flight or flight responses that are different. But what seems to be the consensus is that there was not a sense of panic from first responders. They were not trying to get people out of Lahaina. They were essentially just uh, redirecting them in circles into the town, which ended up being those are the people who did perish. And we're finding out the people that did break the barriers were the ones that were able to escape and live. Um, Is that what happened to your mom? Did she go through? So she was, she got redirected a few times around. And by the time, I, I really feel like it was divine intervention, but she had made it back to her first entrance that she had started and they had just barely moved the cones out of the way. Maybe somebody had actually broken through them before she had gotten there and that's why they were gone. Um, but she was able to get onto the highway and um, um, start heading out. And she had said it was, this was around now four o'clock, 4.30 by this point. And uh, traffic was still being flooded into Lahaina. Mind you, I don't know why these cars would feel the need to drive towards the smoke, but there was also not police on the road closing the road. They were allowing traffic into Lahaina as late as 4.30 in the afternoon, and people were already jumping in the ocean to flee flames by this point, um, which is where now here's our next giant piece of the puzzle. Uh, Hawaii has the most robust alarm system in the whole entire country, um, actually probably one in, in the world. 
And, you know, we joke about it here in Hawaii because it goes off on the first of every month and we go, oh, it's, it's time to pay our rent. You know, rent's due. There's the tsunami siren. And we know that it works because it's it's heavily tested and it's robust. It's, it's run by solar. It's not something that's going to go down when the power's out. Uh, the state of Hawaii says on their own website that it's intended for tsunamis, terrorist attack, wildfire, uh, lava, uh, hurricanes. They, they list an extensive amount of things it could be used for. Uh, the alarms were never sounded over the course of several hours, uh, four, five, six hours. There was no alarms. Uh, so, you know, most of the notice that these people had was only when they heard screaming from, from their neighbors' homes that there was actually a fire. Uh, and, you know, to me, this is sickening because um, the children were home from school without their parents. And this is where I want to say, why isn't every mainstream media reporting that there is over 2,000 unaccounted children? And that's not a lie. It's not a conspiracy. There's over 2,000 unaccounted for children. That is a 9-11 of children. Where are they? The governor said that the fire was going to burn too hot, that they'll never find their remains. That's suspect. That's suspect to me. I want to know where the parents are, because also as a mother, I know that you're a mother. Where are they screaming from the rooftops about the missing children? If this was a school shooting, we would have had the photos, the birthdays, the names and the parents within three or four hours all over mainstream media. Why haven't we seen one photo of a child? Where are their names? Why isn't this being asked? And where are the parents? Are they murdered as well? Because I want to say that this death count is a lie. It's a lie. I believe it to be in the thousands. And I think that this maybe possibly the parents have perished. And that's why that they're not out there saying, these are my child. This is my child who's missing. This is my child who's missing because they're simply not there. And in this local community that we have in Hawaii, where everybody is so close, I am shocked that I have not seen it. I mean, I'm, I guess that's, what's keeping me up at night is where are the children? I have seen I have seen several reporters um, that have been that have gone to Hawaii, you know, local reporters throughout the U.S. that have gone to Hawaii to, to cover this story. They have been asking the the city officials and the Maui officials those same questions and um, they're being ignored. And many of them are being escorted out during these preferences press conferences when they're being asked this question. And I know that um, even local reporters there on uh, on Maui, have they have been posting uh, videos themselves saying, we are not being given any information we keep asking and no one's giving us any information. It raises a lot of red flags. And um, I, I think that many people are um, also asking the same question, how many people have really actually tragically passed in all of this. And it's it's so sad. And we'll we'll hear more of your story in just a moment here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. This month we are asking you to head over to we the Patriots USA.org 
and commit to 10, commit to donating $10 a month so we can continue to not only bring you this type of content where we're asking questions, exercising our First Amendment rights, but also so we, the Patriots USA, can tackle tyranny in the courts before it is too late. We get calls every single day of people needing help with their civil rights cases, parental rights cases, medical freedom, and Second Amendment cases. And we can't take them all on because we need more funds. All of our funds come from you, the donors. And we are back here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, Shelby Thompson of Unjected, who's also been teaming up with the wellness company to help bring relief and, um, and resources to those in Maui after all of the tragic fires and whatever else um, we're trying to figure out happened there. You know, we're thanking her for being a dissenting voice, for exercising her First Amendment right to ask these questions and to speak out. She's also teaming up with music artist Jimmy Levy. He is going to to, um, come to the island and, and help her with her fundraising efforts for her very own people there on Maui to help them out. So we're going to talk to her in a little bit here about those efforts. But, you know, I also, Shelby, now that, you know, everybody in the aftermath were asking a lot of questions, it was a hot topic on social media of those of us that are skeptics and asking questions. But now we are starting to see even more th fishy things coming out of Maui as well. You yourself um, posted on Injected Social Media, which I thank you so much for continuing to, to get on there and show us things on that platform. Um, but you posted, along with other people that I've seen, um, the 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 fencing and the the um, you know just putting up complete roadblocks so people can't see, people can't enter the the area um this is all very strange so before we play that clip you know set this up for us yeah so you know when i finally was able to go out to lahaina get eyes on it that was one of the first things that stood out to me it was so shocking i mean besides the devastation they've actually spent over three million dollars on a military grade uh fence to cover this Ground Zero, as what they are calling it, Ground Zero, Disaster Zone. So very 9-11 vibes. They claim that they needed to do this to keep the public out. And then now they have put a giant black tarp around it. And they're saying that's a dust screen to keep harmful material out, which, you know, I'm going to say that's just a blatant lie. It would just blow right over the fence. Um, you know, the the public officials are claiming that it's it's dangerous materials in there. Yet they walk around doing their fake press conferences with Biden wearing nothing. So we know that that's not true. Just like you had mentioned earlier, uh, reporters are allowed in at natural disasters. They're allowed in places. That did not happen here. And I do believe that they are setting up this fencing and they are setting, they are going out of their way to create uh, such infrastructure to keep the people out because of the actual monstrosity of the, um, the deaths and, you know, what I believe to be a mass murder at this point. And when they, when people realize what's occurred, they're going to be furious. And that's why they, they wanted to make sure that they already had this set up because people are going to try to get their land back and, you know, they don't want that. And people are already being arrested for trying to cross the fence to go look for bodies, look for family members. They've been arrested for that. They've been arrested for looking for items in their homes. That is a crime. This is a crime. Why is there an FBI agent parked every hundred yards in Lahaina um, 
and I know we're going to watch the video, but that's what I, that's what I saw was just this immense military state that has been brought in. And that doesn't scream natural disaster to me that, that screams that they're cut, that they're covering up something. Yeah. Why would they need, where was the military when the fire was happening? We're only, we're only a hundred miles from Pearl Harbor. We could have had a military ship here with a water pump uh, extinguishing the fire in Lahaina within an hour. Yeah. But it took them all, six days to show up. And instead, they build a fence. All very, very great questions that everyone should be allowed to ask and should be allowed to, to seek the answers for. Let's watch this video. Um, for those of you that are watching us on Red Voice Media Network um, or on Rumble, for those listening, we encourage you to head to the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel to look at these videos. We'll also link them in our uh, show notes as well. So Shelby, go ahead and tell us what we're seeing here. And it looks like we're having a little bit of a technical issue, but I see Shelby herself driving and you can see the barricades and the fencing so that you cannot look in and you see some of the devastation as well that she's showing us there on her screen. So Shelby, I'm going to bring you, I'm going to bring you back in. There we go. Now your microphone's working. Um, what were people seeing there? We, you were driving in, we could see a city in the background. Yeah. So that was, as you're coming into Lahaina town, like mm -hmm. that was the more, um, Quote, there's not much commercial stuff here anyways, but those were the more commercial like buildings um, and stores that were ruined. Um, and, you know, it it was insane. There was, uh, you know, steel melted over each other, uh, you know, just just like when, you know, we hear the words, oh, it was a fire that melted through metal. That's a little odd, um, you know that's when I was just putting eyes on it for the first time, it was, it was quite shocking to see, um, how, you know, and you know, this is where I, I can be objective. I don't know exactly how fire works, but there's a lot of places where it didn't actually appear that fire had jumped from anywhere. It was almost like things were evaporated and vaporized in the middle of a, uh, a lush green area. And, you know, I think it has very similar scenes to Paradise, California. Um, you know, a lot of people, when we start talking about do or direct energy weapons, they immediately go, oh, conspiracy, conspiracy and space lasers. But I want to say something about this because people don't actually understand what do is. And it's not a space laser. It's actually um, frequencies similar to like a microwave. And they are able to mount these onto Boeing airplanes, um, several different types of things you can you can hook direct energy weapons to. Um, this is a known technology because our government loves to talk about how good we are at them. Um, specifically noted, we have a uh, volcano here on Maui, Haleakala, which I can see from my window, and it has a shining uh, giant observatory telescope on the top of it. The Space Force 
has put on the record, we do have a direct energy weapon housed in the Haleakala telescope here on Maui. This is fact. It's not conspiracy. You can go read all about it and read what they've spent on it. Um, also, I want to say that the pilot logs from 8-8, if you go to air, um, live air traffic control.com, that's where you can actually hear pilot diaries of, um, cause when you land into Maui or into any airport, you're supposed to, um, leave a pilot log, what you, what, how your flight was and how the landing was over 30% of the pilot diaries of 8-8 have been scrubbed. What were the pilots seeing from the sky? What were they reporting and why is it being deleted and why is it being erased? Were they seeing uh, Boeing airplanes, you know, maybe that were undisclosed in their air traffic area? And they were saying to the air tower, oh, air tower, I'd like to let you know I am seeing an undisclaimed uh, aircraft in my area. Would you like to let me know more about that? I think this poses also questions, you know, direct energy weapons um, aren't just this nonfiction space laser. They are real. And when you look at some of the, you know, the, the vehicles, the infrastructure, when you look at how fast the fire traveled, when we know that it's not from a hurricane, um, when we have winds, almost like a wind machine coming from uh, the mountainside, not typical. <laughs> Yet again, I'm just going to, you know, objectively say uh you, you know, don't put that out of your out of your mind. And, you know, there is this footage coming out extensively of these blue items, you know, which I thought was very curious. And I started noticing myself, why is that blue car or the blue umbrellas or the, you know, people are pulling out blue items and rubble. I'm going to take it another step further, maybe for even listener. This is, you know, this might be a lot for people, but um, you know, the frequency of blue also um, symbolically has a very interesting number. You can you can look this up, but it's 66.6 uh, is the frequency of blue. We know that some of these people like to, uh, you know, we I would consider them to be Satanists, a lot of these globalist people, uh, and they like to put things in the open for us. Right. Um, Operation Blue Roof. Uh, this is a FEMA operation, which I implore everyone to go look at because I think it's them poking fun at the situation. Um, they talk about how blue roofs, um, it's, a, it's a FEMA project where they help uh, protect houses from being destroyed with blue roofs. Um, there's also a uh, blue halo, which is a direct energy weapon uh system, which I think that's a pretty interesting name for that as well. Blue halo. Um, just, you know, it can They're be, all very good questions to be yeah, asking. And be I think that people should, <laughs> yeah, people should be allowed to ask these questions. That's our right as Americans. We should be allowed to ask these questions. We should be able to have free discourse about this. And, you know, just for the record, we were in contact with Eric Hecker, a famous direct energy weapons whistleblower who, um, who wanted to come on the show. He wanted to come on with you, Shelby, and talk about these direct energy weapons, but he is currently stationed in Antarctica. So his service was not uh, good enough for him to come on this show. But if you if you just search his name, um, he has blown the whistle on this and various other um, technologies and weapons that him, the U.S. military and other private sector companies have been working on for decades. Actually, these have been around for for quite some time. And so he's been a key whistleblower in talking about all of these things. And this information has been out there, um, you know, prior to the, the past few weeks when after everything went down. 
in Maui. But I think it's great that you pointed that out because many of us have been hearing and seeing these 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 um, videos and these photos uh, of the disaster where people are pointing out like the blue umbrellas and the blue roofs and cars and things. And it's good to know that you actually have seen that yourself, that these aren't just um, random photos that are circling on social media. You've seen that. Yeah, these are real. This is not, this is not just for, for clicks, clickbait. This is, Mm -hmm. this is actually happening. And, um, you know, I, I, I would love to talk to Eric because, you know, even I've, I've seen some really frightening footage that's too graphic for even this show um, where, you know, it was friends of mine who had walked into Lahaina the dawn of uh, the fire before authorities got there. And some of these bodies are, they are essentially lasered in half. And I'm going to say that it's half of them have visible clothes, hair, distinct features, and the other half is entirely charcoal. And there's nothing around them that would have caused half of your body to cremate. And I would love for Eric to look at this footage. I think it's damning evidence. From what I am seeing, <laughs> it's just like fire doesn't look like that. And, you know, and, and even interestingly enough, I don't know if this is purely coincidence, but my the car that my mom was driving that escaped Lahaina, uh, within just a week, uh, it had a complete... So after I had spoken out about Maui, I was driving the vehicle by myself and it's a hybrid fancy car, you know, definitely stuff that you could connect to a satellite. Uh, and it went into brake failure, um, system failure, um, and it flashed all these alarms and it essentially the battery system, the whole electrical component system was fried. And I think that that also poses another question um, because bodies were found in vehicles in very particular ways where they were not able to get doors open and they weren't able to get windows open. Was this also an EMP type situation? Was there a frequency that was going on in Lahaina that was disturbing the electronics? Is that why the alarm system was not able to go off because they actually had disabled electronic systems like alarms due to something like that? This technology exists as well. We so, know that this technology exists and we'll continue to to have this discussion and, and raise important questions in just a moment on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. Right now, we encourage you to head over to TarynGregson.com, where in addition to our HPV and MMR vaccine safety resource guides, we have a brand new fluoride resource guide, which you can get for free, if you sign up for our newsletter, you can go over to TarynGregson.com, click the newsletter button, sign up for that, where we're giving you resources, stats, um, all kinds of information each and every week in our bi-weekly newsletters. Also, while you're at TarynGregson.com, you can head over to the exemptions by state tab under the resources tab, and you can get that free PDF where you can see every single state's resources and um, exemption forms, as well as they're tracking forms. Yes, that's right. They are tracking your children on an online, each state's own online tracking system, whether they've had zero shots or all of their shots, they are in the system unless you opt out. Most states have that option. So head over to our website, TarynGregson.com, where you can check that out. And we bring back in Shelby Thompson, founder of Injected, talking about what she is seeing in Maui on the ground, you know, talking about the various vehicles. I think that was 
two things that just struck me on the other side of the break, Shelby, that you were talking about is um, graphically the, the way that some of these bodies were half of their body is completely fine. The other half is scorched. And um, that is just heartbreaking to hear, first of all. And second of all, um, an interesting point that not everyone has been talking about that I have seen. That's one of the new um, pieces of information. And then, you know, talking about how some of these cars, even you experienced it yourself after speaking out that your vehicle um, was compromised. And some of these vehicles, it's looking like people were trapped inside their vehicles, unable to get out. Right. And, you know, this is kind of where I go back to. I, I am naive about fire. I don't know all of the details if this is possible. But, you know, from what I am hearing from just the consensus, you know, you should have enough time to escape a vehicle. You yeah. know, you should have enough. You should have enough time to if your car is on fire, we're out. Right. Yeah. So why are people burned inside the car? Um, and, you know, in some of these these uh, obituaries that I read as well. Um, one that stood out to me very particular was a retired fire chief who went to flee with his dog. Um, it said that him and his friend went to go get in, in separate vehicles. Both of their vehicles wouldn't start. I thought that was weird. That um, weird. Just they weren't, it wasn't excessive heat. It wasn't, they were able, and then this is where I think it gets a little weirder. They were able to get in the vehicle, but once they were inside with the door closed, they weren't able to get out. Wow. And people are reporting that they weren't able to unroll windows either. So they had to break out of windows. So why, why was that happening? And I, you know, I, I think that that deserves, you know, a, some sort of forensic specialist. This is going to, this would take a, a certain type of, um, you know, probably scientist to determine whether, you know, these, um, molecular changes in the ash are different. You know, maybe there is evidence that can point towards due. And that's why they are, um, you know, fencing this off and keeping it as a crime scene because they are scooping up all of that ash and de debris and they're going to, you know, go dump it into the ocean like they did with 9-11 and make sure that we can't test it. And, you know, one thing I want to say too is the EPA is going in there right now and they are spraying a sealant on the burn area, which is something I've never heard of before. It's called soil tack. And apparently it's pink. They're going to spray all of Lahaina with it. And it's supposed to seal it and stop uh, debris from going into the ocean. Uh, I don't know about that. This seems like this seems like a giant red flag for me. You know, when we talk about FEMA, one, FEMA likes to go in and declare land uninhabitable because that's what they do. Um, in Hawaii, the Fifth and the Fourteenth Amendment will give them the right to do that. And the government can seize that land if it's declared uninhabitable, which is why, you know, this is a big conversation about land grabs here. Is the EPA spraying something on these on this land right now? I think it's a little strange. And it, that is. Uh... That is strange. It doesn't seem environmentally safe for um, all of those that are saying that this is due to climate change. Um, right. It conflicts that narrative as well. Um, we only have a few minutes left here. So I do want to show another video that um, backs up what you're saying and clearly shows both the police presence and uh, the, the walls and people being kept out. So we're going to show this from another journalist, Tony Calvert, that's been showing things on the ground. There seems to be a huge emphasis on ensuring 
that the media and anyone else can't see what's going on here in Lahaina, West Maui. There are miles and miles of this black fence going up that was not here before that is obscuring ground zero and making sure no one can see what's going on inside of there from the road. No one can get in there. No one can take any pictures. And then I've also seen these weird foreign police cars showing up, these special police. We've also lost our ability to fly drones really anywhere near this area. Now, this 20-second clip here that I, I tried to get out of my car and show what was going on, I was almost immediately, after these 20 seconds, National Guard came, chased me off, yelled at me, told me to get back in my car and keep moving. So you cannot pull over. You can't even stop your car anywhere near any of this anymore. And the video continues on and he shows more of those special um, police officer vehicles that he says he's never seen before in the United States. Uh, any of this that you also, you know, seem to experience the same way that that Tony Calvert, the journalist, is uh, talking about here? So actually, the person narrating that video is Geoff Cygnus. Um, and I definitely implore you all to go check him out because he's been doing a lot of the on the ground footage. Um, and he actually had uh, he had been pulling out the blue rubble and, and gone through Lahaina and mm. pulled, documented all of the blue items. Uh, and he had people knocking on his door uh, looking for the footage. So I think that says a lot. But, you know, um, Yes. You know, what what is being depicted in that video is entirely accurate. You know, they have them set up on literally every street corner, every entrance to any neighborhood. Uh, I have never seen so much presence. I mean, when I was there, I counted I, and I believe it's in my video. I think it was 21 um, of those foreign cars parked along the side. And mind you, like this isn't anywhere that there would be bodies or any type of, they are simply parked there. So you cannot even peer into the town of Lahaina. I mean, it is, um, it's about as locked off as you can get. They actually had to go um, and get approval from the National Guard to put crosses up. Wow. This is very strange. As a person, I myself have um, experienced natural disasters uh, growing up in the Midwest and Tornado Alley, as well as experiencing ma major flooding um, in the Mississippi River bottoms, and then living um, for eight years in Florida where hurricanes are prevalent. I've never heard anything like this where a disaster site is being blocked off, where reporters are not be allowed to, to go in, and where um, those that are providing relief are not able to go in either. It's all very strange, but I do want in the last few minutes that we have here on our show, you are teaming up, Injected is teaming up with the wellness company, and then you personally are teaming up with Jimmy Levy. So please tell us of the various ways that people can help those on, on Maui. Not just, you know, you should be raising questions. You should continue to demand answers. That's one way that you can help people in Maui, but where, what are some other tangible ways? Yes. Um, yeah, definitely use your voice and speak out for the people. You know, I, I've been saying that because right now they're, they're in too much fight or flight and they're going through too much trauma on the other side of the island to even unpack what's going on to them. They're looking for food and water. And so we need to be poising these questions, um, you know, being safe and healthy and on this other spectrum where, you know, I've got food and water, I, but I can look at this from a different from a different way than they are able to in this moment. And that's why we should be talking about it for them to do justice to these people. But, you know, um, we are trying to make sure that we um, can help these heroic people that have made such 
such, I mean, just remarkable stuff over the past few weeks. Um, and so, yes, Jimmy, uh, we became close friends in 21 when he actually came to Maui to um, help us with our vaccine mandate rallies and sing for us here. Uh, and and he was actually my first call. He called on Wednesday morning uh, when he heard about the fire and he knew that this was this was not right. And so we did set up a fund, um, Faith Over Fear Maui. It's on Give, Send, Go. And uh, we're just going to be making sure that that goes to um, like directly to the most heroic people that we can um, that we know and love. And thankfully, being on Maui, I'm able to, um, you know, have a little bit different uh, way of being able to to see um, how to donate to people. And so he's going to be coming down to visit and we'll be um, distributing it when he arrives. And then um, as well as, yes, the water issue on in Hawaii has been something since the fire, whatever has happened, they won't tell us what it is. But uh, in Kula and on West Maui, the, the water is not drinkable. It's actually not even safe to do laundry um, or to bathe in. And so there has been an issue with the water supply um, the wellness company, of course, we teamed up with them with injected uh, in our in our infrastructure, and they are also helping send out um, emergency hydration uh, packets um, through their partner company Infuse, which is going to be um, just you know just an extra way to help get people the um, nutrients and, and hydration they need without yeah. uh, just having to do bottled water. That is so wonderful. And we'll include links on um, our Rumble channel on wethepatriotsusa.org for people to contribute to these. Thank you so much, Shelby. We appreciate it. If you enjoy our content, prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation at wethepatriotsusa.org so we can continue to power the education arm of our mission that also extends to work to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. God bless and thank you from everyone here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA.